You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get 20% off of your next order. And we return here. It is our midweek edition episode here on Wednesday. And that means it is our mailbag day here on Locked On Ravens. We got a bunch of good questions that we will be answering in the second and third segments. Questions about the Ravens offseason. Where do they go from here? What needs do they have? How will the Ravens actually go about free agency and the draft and trades throughout the offseason? There's a lot to get into. So we'll talk about those mailbag questions in the second and the third segments. Again, if you have any questions, anything relating to the Baltimore Ravens, I am more than happy to answer on this show. So we'll get into those again in the second and third segments. But in the first segment, I do want to talk a bit about something that happened one year ago yesterday on January 26th, and that is the Pro Bowl. Now, the Pro Bowl was an event where Lamar Jackson won offensive MVP and Calais Campbell won defensive MVP. The two would later be reunited in Baltimore. But I want to go a step further even, further back than the 26th, and go to a few days before that, when the Pro Bowl skills competition was happening, and just talk a bit about the hate that Lamar Jackson got there, because look, Lamar Jackson at the time was going to win the MVP, he was just coming off of the best season of his young career, right, so many good things going for Lamar Jackson, but the tale as old as time with Lamar Jackson, unfortunately, is people will nitpick. They'll nitpick the little things. Every success Lamar Jackson has is kind of swept under the rug and like, don't really talk about that. Don't really talk about that. But then he does something bad. Something negative comes up. He doesn't perform well here. He doesn't perform well there. And all of a sudden it's, all right, let's blow this up. Let's talk about it now. Let's make this a story. So we're going to talk about what happened in the precision passing event and just why Lamar Jackson has all this hate around him, surrounding him, and how good of a job he does at blocking it out and just doing his thing. So we're going to jump into all of that right now. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and where there's a podcast where they're waiting Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern Time is when we put out our content. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account, at ChaosRecker34 for any Ravens news, notes, analysis, free agency updates, draft updates, trade updates, historical perspectives, and much, much more. So with all that being said, we're going to jump right in here, starting off with what happened a year and some change ago before the Pro Bowl at the Pro Bowl Skills Competition with Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson participated in the event called the Precision Passing Event. And they had a bunch of different new events. The Precision Passing was there. They had Thread the Needle where cornerbacks and safeties were trying to stop the quarterbacks from throwing the football into designated holes on a board. There were a bunch of new things that the Pro Bowl did to try to actually get the players more involved, get them more excited, because, you know, every year they have to kind of spice it up a bit. Now, obviously, there was no Pro Bowl, no Pro Bowl events this year because of the whole coronavirus pandemic, but I thought the NFL actually did a decently good job at spicing up the event. Now, Lamar Jackson went in and did the precision passing event. And it wasn't just Lamar Jackson. Both the AFC and NFC teams had plenty of representatives. But Lamar Jackson, I can't remember the exact number, but it was not good. In the precision passing event, he scored, I think, one or two points. And the whole point of the precision passing event is there are designated circles all throughout the field of play where the quarterback is supposed to throw. 
those circles have designated point totals on them. And the easier throws were worth one point, the harder throws were worth five. And so the quarterbacks were able to choose, you know, how do I accumulate the most points and help my team out to win? Lamar Jackson missed a lot of targets, you know. There's no denying that. Lamar Jackson did not perform well in this challenge. But I don't think that a lot of people expected the backlash to come, and or at least I didn't, expect the backlash to come after it where, yeah, Lamar Jackson didn't perform well, but all of a sudden it was, oh man, the Ravens might need to trade Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson really an NFL quarterback? You know, is he a running back? That's, there was all this different type of, of just difficult conversations and hate and, and all this stuff that really just didn't seem fair to Lamar Jackson. The Pro Bowl is a week of fun. The players go down, they have a good time, they're in a warm area, you know, for the most part, I'm sure they are going to incorporate more cold areas in the Pro Bowl in the coming years, but again, it's a week of fun for the league, and I'm sure that these guys are just out there throwing the ball around, having a good time, they don't take the events as seriously, especially at the Pro Bowl, as they do the Super Bowl, they do a playoff game, even a regular season game, it's meant to be fun, it's meant to just be, you know, no harm, no foul, it's whatever, right? But Lamar Jackson has this bad performance at this one event. And all of a sudden, the national media comes out to play. The haters come back out from their holes. And they start ripping into Lamar Jackson for this. Can Lamar Jackson throw? What can we make of Lamar Jackson's performance at the precision passing event at the Pro Bowl? Nothing. You make nothing of the event. Lamar Jackson probably wasn't even trying his hardest, to be completely honest. I mean, sure, he was trying. I'm not taking away from that and saying that he wasn't taking it seriously, whatever, whatever. But look, Lamar Jackson probably got out of that and, you know, he scores his one, he scores his two, I forget again, the exact total. And he probably goes, man, that was bad, but oh, well, like, it's okay. You know, it's whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's just all these guys coming out and saying all this crazy, terrible stuff. And it's just like, well, why Lamar Jackson? Sure, other quarterbacks perform better than him, but didn't Lamar Jackson win MVP when it counted in the regular season? right? Obviously, the playoffs did not end the way he wanted them to, and the whole Ravens organization wanted them to, but I would rather take a Lamar Jackson game in the regular season where he's able to put those passes on target as opposed to a Pro Bowl competition. That's where I'd be judging Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to take it as, oh, he can't hit a moving circle, but he can hit Hollywood Brown in a game moving, and he's on the run too, so which one am I going to judge? Oh, I'm going to judge the one at the Pro Bowl where he's relaxing. No, I'm going to judge the game film. I'm going to judge the practice film. That's what I'm looking at. So the fact that all these negative comments came out, it's just like, it raises the other question of why does Lamar Jackson get so much unnecessary hate? Look, I'm not here to excuse Lamar Jackson from any and all criticism. There is plenty of founded criticism that is legitimate and that is fair to Lamar Jackson. He does have to improve as a passer. He does have to improve as a decision maker. He is able to hopefully in the offseason go out and improve upon those things. But he is a good passer. He's an NFL quarterback. He has grown and taken strides over these last couple of years to become a good NFL quarterback. He's put in the work. He's a dynamic athlete, a dual threat quarterback. Just because Lamar Jackson can run well doesn't mean he can't throw the ball well either. That's something that I think a lot of people are kind of getting at. Well, he has to choose one. He has to do one well, and that means he can't do the other one well. That's not true. Lamar Jackson, ever since coming out of college, and even in college, was scrutinized probably more heavily than I've seen a lot of players coming out of college scrutinized. And we've seen guys like Josh Rosen come out and, you know, you can go back years and years and whatever, whatnot. But I want to take the 2018 quarterback class. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield have shown me at least 
that they are competent NFL quarterbacks. I think all three of them are going to have very successful careers. I think all three of them are going to go far in the playoffs, and I think all three of them have the potential to win a Super Bowl. Sam Darnold, I'm still kind of on the fence about, not really ready to give up on him yet, but at the same time, this is probably the year, next year in 2021, that's the year where I'm kind of looking at Sam Darnold and saying, all right, you have to show us now or else it's probably not going to come. And Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen was not drafted into a good situation. He got traded into a not-so-great situation either, so he's kind of gotten the short end of the stick. But as of right now, I don't really think Josh Rosen has what it takes to come back and be that NFL starting level quarterback, and that's fine. Some guys either just aren't cut out for it or... They just get drafted into bad situations, which I think in Josh Rosen's case, they kind of both came together, but it was more so that he was just drafted into that Arizona situation. They get Kyler Murray, he gets traded, then the Dolphins get Tua, you know, it was just this whole thing. So with Lamar Jackson, with Josh Allen, with Baker Mayfield, I'm in the category here of I'm going to, I'm going to support these guys. I'm going to make sure that, yeah, these guys are improving. They're doing this, they're doing that. I'm happy for them that they're doing all that and improving. Obviously not when they play the Ravens, but look, these guys have worked hard to get to where they are. And each one of them should be getting criticism where it's fair and founded. Not just because they don't do well on a Pro Bowl skills competition, not because they miss one receiver badly, right? Everybody misses throws in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes does it. Tom Brady does it. And those two quarterbacks are playing in the Super Bowl in a few days here, or I guess, you know, more like a week and some change, but still the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, you know, the Ravens went all in with Lamar Jackson. They believed in him. And honestly, Lamar Jackson has done a phenomenal job at kind of tuning out that hate and making sure, hey, you know what? My guys believe in me. My coaches believe in me. It doesn't matter what I do at a Pro Bowl skills competition, right? The Ravens have a good quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson knows he has room to improve, though. I know Lamar Jackson has room to improve. The Ravens know it, too. But guys like Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, it's unfortunate, but you just don't see the same amount of criticism that you do with Lamar Jackson. They both get criticized, don't get me wrong, it's not all fine and dandy with those two. But even with Sam Darnold, you still don't see the criticism that Lamar Jackson gets. And you know, it raises the question, the whole thing of, well, just why is it? Why is that the case? I think it points back to the fact that he can run so well. I think it points back to the fact that they just don't want to see him succeed. There are so many different things that it points back to, and some are true and some aren't. I'm sure there are tons and thousands and thousands of reasons why, and at the end of the day, probably only half of them will be reasons. But at the end of the day, there just shouldn't be. There shouldn't be that many reasons. It's ridiculous, and Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. He is a good NFL quarterback, and I think he's doing a phenomenal job of just blocking out that hate and making sure that at the end of the day, he is doing what he thinks is best for himself, for his teammates, and for his organization. So I give a huge shout-out and huge props to Lamar Jackson for doing that. And he is going to improve this offseason. He's going to come back hungry and stronger than ever, and I cannot wait to see it. We're going to head into our first break here, but when we return, we'll be diving into the first part of our mailbag, so stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. You're one of a kind and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that you're one of a kind. Uniquely, you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. 
When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, roaring machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. The EX7S is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The EX7S connected bike is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX7S is the bike for competitors at heart. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. And we return here with our second segment of this midweek edition of Locked On Ravens. Your host, Kevin Ostriker, is still hanging out with you here. And we just talked about the hate that Lamar Jackson gets and why most of it is unwarranted. But now we're going to jump into our mailbag. And we're going to start off with a couple of questions by Ben. Again, if you have multiple questions you want to ask, I will not hesitate to answer any and all questions that one might ask me. So again, if there's a whole segment of questions worth that you have, I will answer it in a full segment. So again, two questions here from Ben. We'll start off with his first one. Based on the press conferences the Ravens had a couple days ago, how much effort do you believe the Ravens will actually invest in the offense outside of offensive line like receiver? Or will they just keep the same wide receivers and run it back? Yeah, Ben, this is a big question, and I think this question really defines what the Ravens' offseason will be like because I think they have to make moves at both positions. The offensive line and the wide receiver core were just not good enough in 2020 to sustain good play. Now, they played really well in the back half of the year. They played decently against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, but you have to consistently string together those good performances And even earlier in the year, the Ravens were still trying to find their identity. Miles Boykin and Lamar Jackson, it seemed like for the second straight year, got off on the wrong foot. It just seems like the Ravens need some veterans in the wide receiver room. And I think I'll start in the wide receiver room because the offensive line, the Ravens made a point. John Harbaugh made a point. Eric DaCosta made a point. They are going to invest in the offensive line. They have Ronnie Stanley signed to a big extension. I expect them to do the same with Orlando Brown. So the Ravens need their interior. They need to see if Bradley Bozeman is the answer at left guard. Is Ben Powers the answer at right guard? We'll talk about that in a few minutes, actually. And then they just need a center. They need a different center than who is on the roster right now. No slight to Patrick McCarry, but I think he is more suited as that swing backup. He can play all five positions if need be. I would love for him to play that swing role for Baltimore so that if a guy does go down, you can insert McCarry and still get a pretty decent level of play from your backup. So Matt Skurr, I think he's done. I think he's gone in Baltimore. I would not be shocked if he does not return to the Ravens. I don't think he will. But in terms of wide receiver, the Ravens are going to have two guys going into their second year in James Prochet and Devin Duvernay. They're going to have two guys going into their third year in Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin. That's too young. It's too young. And it's, it's even a question of, all right, is it too young? Is it not too young? I personally believe it is too young because youth is a good thing. Youth is a great thing, actually. You want to be able to see if you can develop guys. You can have them on cheap deals like their rookie contracts and see who they are, what they bring to the team. But here's my thing. I'm actually content. I'm fine with it. If the Ravens keep Boykin, Brown, Prochet, and Duvernay, I think it's a little too much youth, as I just said. But But still... It's, it's manageable. I'm not like completely opposed to the idea of having those guys. They ran with it last year. But I think they need the veterans like a Willie Sneed and, and a Des Bryant. Are those two going to come back? I don't necessarily know yet. But I don't think the Ravens should draft a receiver at all 
in the 2021 draft. And, and that's something that I think a lot of people might say, well, they need at least one, right? No, I don't think they need one. Because if they draft the receiver, they're going to be more inclined to keep him on the roster. Baltimore is most likely only going to keep six receivers. You cannot have five out of your six guys on the roster going into their third year or less with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson needs the experience of veterans like Willie Steed and like Des Bryant. I just think the Ravens need to bring in two veterans. I think the, the, the roster balance they had last year... Four young guys, two veterans, that's fine if they want to keep that, but they cannot. I do not think they can keep a wide receiver from the 2021 draft on their roster, or else it just might spell disaster because you don't know how good that rookie's going to be. He's going to need time to develop, go through some growing pains, as we've seen with all these Ravens rookies. Right? There's a lot that goes into developing a rookie, and to be fair, the Ravens have not done a very good job at it over the course of their franchise history. So going out and getting a proven guy, that's something the Ravens need. I also think they need to find a tight end, a veteran tight end. That's that's the position if the Ravens do want to draft a guy. I'm not opposed to it. I think there are plenty of talented tight ends in this class coming up here in 2021. I think the Ravens, I'd be fine with them drafting a tight end. I'm not opposed to that at all. But the thing for me, it goes back to the receiver room. The Ravens have the running backs they need on the roster. They could potentially go out and sign a veteran, maybe bring in a guy in the later rounds of the draft. But they don't necessarily need to draft another stud running back because they have their one-two punch in J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards with the the change of pace guy in Justice Hill. I think that's what they're going to roll with next year, and I'm completely fine with that. Quarterback, you have the guys you need. Lamar Jackson, obviously, Tyler Huntley. Trace McSorley, so that's fine. So it's really wide receiver. And they need to do a really good job of just finding a couple veteran pieces to go out, get open for Lamar Jackson, work their way back for Lamar Jackson, and just have some awareness, that veteran awareness on the football field. And I think that'll be a really big thing for Lamar Jackson if Baltimore can set that up for him. Our second question from Ben says, since the salary cap won't go up like the Ravens thought because of COVID, if they decide to invest more in defense, what positions and players do you believe they will go after with the cap space they have? Ben, yeah, this this is an interesting one. Personally, I will start the response off by saying, I do not think the Ravens need to go all out on defense again. The Ravens had, I think, middle of the pack expense when it comes to the defense. I'm not sure on that, but their defense is one of the more expensive units in the entire NFL. Their offense, I think, was the second cheapest unit in the entire NFL. They need to find some balance with their offense and with their defense when it comes to just going out and fielding a roster. Baltimore's defense is great year in and year out, right? The offense has been kind of suspect in some games and really good in other games. The Ravens' offense has the potential to go out there and score 40, 50 points a game, but they also have the potential to go out and score three points when it matters, like against the Bills in the divisional round. So on defense, I'm looking more at positions where the Ravens do have the need but they also have to be smart with their money. Out of the five, in Ngakwe, Judon, Bowser, Ward, and McPhee, I believe the Ravens should only bring back Ngakwe at the right price, of course, and McPhee on a cheap one-year deal. I think that would be the Ravens' quote-unquote splash move for them. Now, if Ngakwe commands too much money, maybe you go and sign Tyus Bowser for a bit of a cheap contract, but has he shown you enough, and was that contract year enough for the Ravens to give him $12, $15 million on the market? I think Justin Houston would be a phenomenal signing as an edge guy, a veteran. He's been productive over his last two seasons. You can sign Justin Houston to a one-year deal. He comes in, provides you that veteran presence. I think that's phenomenal. So then you can go in to the season with your four edge guys almost as Ngakwe, Houston, Ferguson, and McPhee, and then you draft somebody too. I think the Ravens will draft somebody. So you can have those five, and you can rotate between 
the older guys, the veterans, and the younger guys, the rookies, you know, Ferguson and whatnot. So I think that's the right move. I also think the Ravens need a backup slot cornerback. We saw way too often, and we've seen way too often throughout Tavon Young's career. Unfortunately, he just cannot stay on the field. And when he goes down, the Ravens have not done a good job over the last few years of providing a replacement for him that can keep Marlon Humphrey on the outside and that they trust enough to keep Marlon Humphrey on the outside. So for me, that's what I'm going to be looking at in terms of what I would classify as a need. Does that come through free agency? Does that come through the draft? I don't know. I think it most likely would come through the draft, to be honest. But I think Baltimore does need to go and sign or draft a backup slot corner. Also, some safety depth is really important. Deshaun Elliott played admirably in his first season as a starting safety, but he is a strong safety. He learned free safety and played it really well, all things considered, but... I think the Ravens do need that true free safety, and then you can use that true free safety to Sean Elliott and Chuck Clark in safety packages, dime safety packages. There are so many things the Ravens can do with that, and I'd be really excited to see what Don Martindale would have up his sleeve with those packages. And then finally, the Ravens do have to get a bit younger on the defensive line. I think an underrated aspect of this whole offseason is that Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, and Derek Wolf, all phenomenal football players, but they're each a year older. The Ravens tried to, I guess, soften that blow for when the three do leave. They drafted Justin Matabike, who looks really good in limited action so far. Broderick Washington, a little less so, but maybe he has something in the tank. I would not be shocked to see Baltimore draft another interior presence on the defensive line. So at the end of the day, we'll see what Baltimore does and how much they choose to invest in the defense, but I think... Those investments will come more through the draft where, you know, there will be offensive investments as well through the draft, but I would much rather see Baltimore go out, sign some veteran receivers, sign some veteran offensive linemen, and then bring in a young offensive lineman through the draft. And then you can see the young edge rusher, the young backup slot corner, the young safety. That's what I personally would do. And I think that's the road to success for the Baltimore Ravens this offseason. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we get back, we'll be rounding out the rest of our mailbag, so stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. The NFL regular season is finished and the playoffs have begun. There's only one place that I do covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious with six new flavors, including caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And we return here with our final segment of this midweek edition of Locked on Ravens here on Wednesday. Kevin Ostrick, your host, still here talking with you. And we just talked about the first part of our mailbag, but now we're going to dive into the second part. And we'll start here with Isaac, and he says, I would like to hear your predictions on extensions and re-signings that the Ravens have this offseason. And so, Isaac, yeah, this is a pivotal offseason for Baltimore, not only because they have to make some additions to help out the roster, help out Lamar Jackson, but I do think that at the end of the day, the Ravens do have to make a move and sign some of their own guys. The Ravens do have a bunch of free agents that they will have to re-sign. And as I mentioned, I think that the Ravens will start by re-signing Yannick Ngakwe. I think that 
that's the number one priority for this team. I also wouldn't mind Willie Sneed coming back, although he's not necessarily more or less a priority. Derek Wolf is huge for this team. Derek Wolf played phenomenal football for Baltimore this year. He's someone who I would love, love, love for Baltimore to end up re-signing and bringing back in purple and black. The Ravens could re-sign a guy like Anthony Levine if they wanted to, a special teams guy, a core special teams guy, and someone who is loved in that locker room. Ty Spouser is someone I do want to see back in Baltimore. Unfortunately, I just don't think his price tag is going to be in the range of what Baltimore will be willing to offer him, especially with the cap being so low this year. And Matthew Judon, I think the writing's on the wall for him as well, as is the case with Mark Ingram and Matt Skur, as well as Robert Griffin III, and even Chris Moore as well. And obviously Morgan Cox, the team announced they will not be bringing back as well. Pernod McPhee is someone I would like Baltimore to re-sign. I wouldn't be opposed to DJ Fluker coming back for a training camp deal to see if he can work his way onto the 53-man, but he is not going to be someone who I would necessarily think would be a lock for that. I would be all right with Des Bryant coming back, Jihad Ward coming back. I don't necessarily think Justin Ellis will be coming back. Jordan Richards is somebody who has proven his value. I would kind of think Baltimore would bring him back and just see if he can find a role on the team. Gus Edwards obviously is huge, huge, huge. He's a restricted free agent though, so Baltimore will have rights on him for another season, so he should be back in a Ravens uniform. I feel like Devontae Harris and Tristan Colon-Castillo and Chris Board, Kristen Welch, even Khalil Dorsey and probably Antoine Wesley as well will find their way back to Baltimore. Even Eric Tomlinson too. But guys like DeAnthony Thomas and maybe Johnny Townsend will find his way back, but I don't think he makes the 53-man with Sam Cooke being there. I don't necessarily think DeAndre White's going to make the team, so I don't think they re-sign him. Trevon Williams, same thing. So overall, I think the Ravens' priorities do lie with Yannick Ngakwe, Derek Wolfe, and Gus Edwards. Those are the top three for me. There are a couple other guys who I mentioned who I think would be nice additions to re-sign as well. But I think for the most part, that's who I think the Ravens should re-sign and then extensions, I do think Baltimore signs Lamar Jackson to an extension this offseason. I think the timing is right for both sides, and I think especially more so the Ravens. Right now, Lamar Jackson's stock is kind of at a standstill. I don't think it necessarily moved up from 2019 to 2021, but I do think that the Ravens, they know what their value is with Lamar Jackson. They know that he is the team. Lamar Jackson knows that he is the Ravens team. And they want to work on a fair extension. I think no side is going to try to finesse the other side. I think it's going to be fair. So we'll see what the Ravens end up doing there. I also would not be opposed to them extending Mark Andrews and Orlando Brown when the time is right. You know, it's just a matter of getting these guys under contract at the right price. How much do they want now? What will be the incentives? How are they going to structure the deals? So we'll see what ends up happening. I think Lamar Jackson's extension looks a little like Deshaun Watson's extension. So again, we'll see what ends up happening, but I do think the Ravens sign a big-time player to an extension this offseason. Our next question comes from Durant, and they ask, the team needs O-line, and there seems to be a wide consensus that we also need a wide receiver one to open things up for Andrews and Hollywood. How should we expend resources to fix those issues? I'm leaning towards finding a free agent wide receiver and drafting offensive line. Yeah, I completely agree with this. Again, I don't think the Ravens need to be drafting another wide receiver. When it comes to the 2021 draft, the Ravens simply have a lot of youth, a lot, a lot of youth at that position. I don't think adding more is what the team needs right now. They need to find those veterans to help Lamar Jackson. And then, yeah, you can definitely draft some offensive linemen. I'd expect Baltimore to try to bring in a center through the draft. 
I'd maybe even expect Baltimore to bring in a veteran guy to be a center for the Ravens, see if the rookie and the veteran can battle it out along with Patrick McCarry as well. I think the Ravens are going to bring in a swing tackle, kind of a backup offensive tackle guy because they don't have a ton of depth at that position right now outside of Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown. And then some competition for the guard positions as well. Ben Bredesen will be competing, Bradley Bozeman and Ben Powers and Tyree Phillips. But, you know, the Ravens bringing in a veteran guard to compete with those young guys. I think that's something they would also do. But yeah, the Ravens are probably going to take a quote-unquote stud offensive lineman in the first two rounds. I think that is the smartest decision for them. And when it comes to that smartest decision... I think also bringing in veterans to help those rookies along, help those young guys along will be something the Ravens should do. And then finding that free agent receiver, I'm looking maybe AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, somebody I would love, but it doesn't seem like the Ravens from what they have said over the past couple of days in terms of press conferences with John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta, it doesn't really seem like they're going to go out and break the bank for an Allen Robinson or a Kenny Galladay or a Chris Godwin or even Juju Smith-Schuster. I think the the biggest play they'll probably make is maybe for a Corey Davis. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But yeah, finding free agents at wide receiver and drafting offensive linemen certainly seems like the right move to me. Our final question here comes from Adam, and he says, Ben Powers played well in the regular season, but he had a really bad performance against Buffalo. Is he the answer to the right guard spot, or should the Ravens look at the draft or free agency? Adam, yeah, this is interesting because, exactly, Ben Powers did play well when he was inserted in the regular season, but then you look to his performance against Buffalo, it was not good. He got beat on multiple occasions. He was part of the reason that Lamar Jackson was on the ground so much, and so... I think the question in terms of is he the answer, I think it's to be determined. The Ravens will certainly look to the draft and free agency, probably both, honestly, to bring in some competition. I think maybe the guard position, at least, maybe the Ravens bring in a veteran. But if a Wyatt Davis is available, the Ravens, it just might be too good for them to pass up. So there are a lot of what-ifs right now. But I think Ben Power certainly deserves the shot to compete for his job. I think he played well when he was called upon. He learned under Marshall Yonda for a year, and I think that helps in terms of just knowledge. So I think that Powers is someone who definitely has the tools and has the potential to be someone to go and be the Ravens' right guard for a long time and be a pretty good one at that. But I would be shocked if Baltimore didn't bring in a veteran to try to push him and to see if that veteran maybe can surpass him because right now the Ravens just need to put the best five out on the field for Lamar Jackson. If that's Ben Powers, then great. I have no problem with Ben Powers. He's shown that he can play in good spots and for a long period of time, he can play really well. But he does need to improve the consistency. That's been a theme for the whole Ravens team, improve the consistency. So for Ben Powers, I think it's about that for him. And so we'll see. But right now my answer to if he's the answer to the right guard spot is a to be determined, but I will think that he would be thick in the competition to play that right guard position come week one. That's all that I have for you today here on Locked On Ravens. When we get back tomorrow, it's more Ravens talk here. So stay tuned for that and I will see you tomorrow.